Hello. 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 And welcome. Oh, to a very eco-friendly episode of the Weekend Superheroes Podcast. My name is Sean, and sitting with me always is Darius, Pat, and Steve. How are you guys? Oh, not as always. Yeah, not as always. We actually got Darius back. We're welcoming back Darius. Oh, man. I've been been in and out a little bit, you know. We've been been sick, Steve. (laughs) What happened last time? So, uh, we had allegedly Dave on the podcast. What did he talk about? He talked about... the flat Earth, how the moon is its own light, and a whole of a whole other assortment of things. And he also apologized to his mom a lot. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mom. <laughs> allegedly, I like allegedly, Dave. Allegedly, he was fantastic. He was fa- he was brill, and he wants to come back on. So does we'll, he really? Oh, absolutely. He, All right. Uh, we were talking the other day, so he Sick. wants to come back on. <clears throat> Let's bring him on. I don't know if we'll talk about urine therapy or whatever. He's got so many. Yeah, he had a lot of stuff. Crazy to talk things about. to talk about. I, I loved him though. He was awesome. Yeah, good dude. Okay. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about Mother Earth for a moment. Are we all doomed? Yep. Yep. Are we? Yep. Absolutely. Is it global or climate change, Pat? What is what is for someone who has been lived under a rock for their entire lives? What's climate change? Well, if they've lived under a rock, they probably know what it is because because <laughs> uh, their climate change. Yeah. Under a rock. So we're you know depleting the ozone. We're admitting more CO two, and the world's temperature is fluctuating in ways that it's never done before. What's a greenhouse effect? How does how does that work? Uh, so it's like a greenhouse for flowers where like you're you're trapping in light and energy and heat and changing the climate of the world. Right. And I think we've all know that that is uh, changing rather rapidly. So here's some uh, here's some facts. Well, we didn't before <laughs> Al Gore invented it. <laughs> Thank God for him. Actually, the Chinese invented climate change. No, the Chinese invented Al Gore. Uh, <laughs> he invented climate change. Okay, that makes so, a lot of so sense. So by the transfer of property, they <laughs> invented climate yeah, right. change. All right. Here's according to climate.nasa.gov. Seems a little more legit than most of the websites I get my information if from. If you trust the government. What's the date? Oh, on I this. don't. 2011. Stop. <sighs> According to climate.nasa.gov, the number of record high temperatures and events in the United States have been increasing, while the number of record low temperatures events have been decreasing. This started in 1950. So the global sea level rose about eight inches in the last century. Uh, The planet's average surface temperature, the planet, that would be Earth, uh, has risen about 2.0 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, Greenland lost 150 to 250 cubic kilometers that's about uh, 36 to 60 uh, cubic miles of ice uh, per year between 2002 and 2006 is it because they're drinking a lot or <laughs> maybe uh, but Antarctica lost about 152 cubic kilometers 36 uh, cubic miles of ice between 2002 2005 yeah you know, there's about to be like a th- think it's Antarctica there's a about to be a huge glacier glacier about to break off. Now, the size of Delaware. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's all over CNN. And Any prediction of when this is going to go down? 2011. Soon. That's what they say. Sure. Soon. Okay, well, g- glaciers everywhere are retreating. Uh, almost everywhere around the world, uh, including, it's not just there. It's in, it's in the Alps, the Himalayas, the Andes, Rockies. It's in the Alaska and Africa. Um, Steve, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel about all this going down? I don't like it. I don't like it because I hate hot temperatures. Have you sweated a little bit more this year? A little bit. You're actually kind of sweating now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I'm because just, it's 300 fucking yeah, degrees. It's in this really room. bad in here. And I. Um, how do we get a piece of that glacier in here? Yeah. 
can we get a piece of the aggro crag? Is the aggro, oh, the wait, aggro crag. Is the aggro crag cool? This is think? called climate change. The guys. aggro crag is whatever you want yes. it to be. Okay. It's magic. I made it hot on here on purpose. I want you guys to feel what it's like. You're trying to get our shirts off. To be so, super that's all it is. Take so, top so off. Musky in here. Darius, question for you, buddy. Can we live on another planet? Is it possible to, to ditch the Earth and move on to the next apartment? Ho- hold on. Yes. Before you answer that, Darius, can you live on this planet? First of all, <laughs> all right, the, we... st- the struggle is real, but one hundred percent. I mean, can we live on Mars? Why don't we try another planet and then start over? Is that is yeah? That can possible? we ditch Earth and just move on? Yeah, I, th- I think it's possible. Peace. Absolutely. I mean, if there's water, something you can like reproduce something. I, I forget the term that I'm looking for in this situation, but um, <clears throat> if you plant seeds and it reproduces something, it... agriculture. Yes. So we need water. Something in that scenario, yes. I, if you're able to do that, I think it's possible. So water, agriculture, those are your two big. I mean, it's pretty good. It's all going to take. Yes. All I know is if Matt Damon can do it, we can fucking yeah. do it. This dude grew well, potatoes science on Mars. Fiction. He's science fiction. Oh, no. He science the shit out of that. Yeah, he science the <laughs> shit out of that. <laughs> what did he do? He grew up potatoes, right? He grew a lot yeah, of, and a lot and of potatoes. Poop. Yeah, he, yeah. He grew all kind of good stuff. That's he fantastic. survived for a long time on Mars. I mean, if he can do it, I'm pretty sure anybody can do it. Okay, so as if uh, you know, all that wasn't bad enough, we've also decided to clear out all of the trees. Turns out trees are kind of important. Seems like a good idea. 80% of the Earth's land animals and plants live in forests, and many cannot survive the deforestation that destroys their homes. Uh, it is estimated that within 100 years, there will be no rainforests. Zero. Zero rainforests. Well, it's a good thing it won't be alive in 100 years. So. According to uh, the same uh, climate.nasa.gov, uh, one and a half acres of forest is cut down every second. Every second. That's so fast. Second. There's uh, no way there's that many. You're welcome to fact check me. Cut, that's trees. That's just, one and a half acres of forest is cut down every second. I think sometimes you forget how big the world is. Sorry, allegedly. Sorry, allegedly, Dave. And his mom. How flat the oh, earth no, is. Oh, no. It's big. It's just flat. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people take that sadness to an extreme. And here's a quick clip of that. Deep in the woods of North Carolina, an extremist eco-group called Earth First bewails the violation of American nature. I want to mourn the loss of all the old growth trees I've seen and tell them that we love them. Sort of puts the mental and environmental, doesn't it, guys? But today... I want to talk about the people that give global warming a whole new meaning. We're talking about ecosexual. Say it with me, guys. Ecosexual. According to Mr. Webster, it's an environmentally conscious person whose adherence to green living extends their romantic and or sexual life. That's colorist. Darius, quick question. Yes. How do you feel about whenever you go into a warm beach and you feel your toes in the sand? Do you like it? It actually feels pretty comforting. It's (laughs) fantastic. Pat. Been to the beach ever in your life? Uh, yeah, I'm actually still sinking into it. Yeah. Do you? Uh, <laughs> how do you feel whenever you just lay there, especially when you're a little hungover and you feel the waves just rushing over you? Why was he hungover? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. You I, guys have never met Pat. Is This is Pat, everybody. This is oh, Pat. Okay. He's our hey, raging alcoholic. Hey. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Steve? Hey. Hot day. You've been running. 
Okay. Then all of a sudden you stop me for that cool breeze. Wait, why'd you ask Steve about Wait, running? Well, I was not me and Darius. And, and, and then he was hungover, and then he was just running in the sand. How's this? It's like, oh, hey, in shape guy. Wait, am I am I running on the beach or am I running? Where am I running at? Anywhere you'd like to run, but then you stop, and then you feel that cool breeze in the back of your neck. It makes your nipples hard. How do you feel about that? It's me breathing on your neck. Uh, well. Obviously, my nipples are hard, so you know how I feel already. So, right. though the eco-sexual movement has been around a while, uh, probably since the early 2000s, uh, its growth and awareness owe a big thank you to two people. Uh, you probably heard of them by the name of Annie Sprinkles and Elizabeth or Beth Stevens. Their website, Sex Ecology, <clears throat> uh, has published an actual an entire manifesto on the subject. But I was looking it up. After a lot of research, and in Australia, there is something called the Eco-Sexual Bathhouse. Australia? Australia. <laughs> what search engine they That's got out there? That's how they in Australia. Good night from Australia. <laughs> Some people are more Australian hey, than mate. others. Hey, mate, what you want to search there? <laughs> oh, there he is. oh, so British. Yes! Why are your British accent and your Australian accent the same thing? Australia. <laughs> in Australia... Hello, the Eco-Sexual Bathhouse is a government-funded six-room converted cottage where you can go to get intimate with nature. It was created by two people by the name of, help me, Lauren Cranimer and Ian Sinclair. I am so proud of you right now. Oh, oh that was Way to sound, way to sound it out. Yeah. I, killed it. I killed it. Usually I put the pronunciation. Uh, so let's hear an advertisement, actually, from the, uh, the Eco-Bathhouse. love with the earth. We are aquophiles, terrophiles, pyrophiles, and aerophiles. We shamelessly hug trees, massage the earth with our feet, and talk erotically to plants. We are skinny dippers, sun worshippers, or in our case, chunky dunkers. We caress rocks, Pleasured by waterfalls and admire the earth's curves. I think she's doing more than hugging that tree. We make love with the earth through our senses. We celebrate our E spots and we are very dirty. I can't find the G spot. (laughs) It's a whole new alphabet for you. So at the eco sexual bathhouse, people can fondle orchids at the bath at the bathhouse. Um it they provide finger condoms for fondoms. Protection. Oh, man. Uh, You can wear surgical masks covered in grass for some fresh mulching. So what do you do? Like rub grass with each other? Is that how you get it on? I think, yeah. It's like you want to kiss each other, but you throw grass in between you to make it more ecosexual. You do one of these, like rub grass on your face? You know, people can't see you. Listen, I can barely understand, like, conventional sex. This is (laughs) blowing my mind. There's also an earthly glory hole. <clears throat> okay, this is just it like looks like just, it looks like just a tub um, filled with what looks like grass and soil. Uh, there's also eco porn to get you steamier than a greenhouse. I, I made that analogy earlier, didn't I? Right. Yeah, you like you how we've come for a circle? That was pretty cool, man. Okay, <laughs> you can take it one step further and go ahead and tie the knot. Let's go back to Sprinkles and Stevens, right? So they hold wedding ceremonies where you can actually marry the dirt. A lake, coal, rocks, snow, the moon, the mountains, earth, or the sea. 
And the ecosexual movement is not going anywhere. In fact, it's getting bigger and stronger. There's an annual gathering in Washington called Surrender. The last one took place in the middle of last month. Uh, you can find this information on the website about uh, the ecosexual convergence. Um, but this, and I'm quoting here, it's a gathering to bring together wild souls who express a love for life by stewarding and merging with the earth through the whole of their bodies, minds, and spirits. So it's a five jam-packed days, five jam-packed days with ecosexual-related activities, workshops, presentations. I'd like to tell you more, but I was recently introduced to someone who could explain it a bit better. On Skype with us now is a woman of almost way too many talents. She is a sexologist, <laughs> a holistic spiritual leader, an eco-magics practitioner. She generates sex-positive culture by teaching uh, clitoral revelations, vulvic explorations, and my personal favorite, clitoracy salons, and, uh, <laughs> okay. and, uh, and several other sacred sexuality classes. Um, everyone's favorite ecosexual and creator of Surrender, please join me in giving a big superhero's welcome to Reverend Terry D. Sharkey. Thank you. How are you tonight, Terry? Oh, it's beautiful. I'm in my backyard, which looks like a, a meadow because I don't mow it, so my cats are here. There's tiger lilies. It's beautiful. That's fantastic. Whatever works, man. <laughs> well, hey, thank you for joining us and wrapping with us on such short notice. Uh, what do you say we go ahead and uh, we'll start with you? Okay. Um, you have Eco Magics Practitioner on your long list of practices. Say, hypothetically, I didn't know what that was. Could you expand on that just a little bit, please? Sure. E Eco Magics is... Um, a, uh, Magic with a K is a uh, magic that's intended to to change uh, reality at will, like to align your intention with what you want to generate in the world, rather than going along with your social programming. Right. So eco magic is having magic, doing rituals and spell work, and living in a way that the end of all of your energy is promoted towards ecology. Right. Like so, it's like okay. if someone's a baby which they might do a lot of magic that's for I want to get a car or I want to get a new boyfriend. But the magic that I practice and teach and why we call it eco magics to distinguish it from other magic is about changing the world, about having a sustainable evolutionary culture that moves us into the future. That's a way that you'd want children to have a life. Very cool. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned you're in your backyard. So getting connected with earth is really important, but, are you actually attracted or aroused by the elements of nature or are you just kind of just, you know, just. Yeah. Just... Yes. And yes. So no. And I have a, a different frame for sexuality than most people. Right. So that I, I usually talk about in the, the article that I wrote for the book, Ecosexuality, When Nature Inspires the Arts of Love, which I'll hopefully give you the website for. My article is about uh, three different levels of sexuality, that most people have sexuality for one, procreation, or two, recreation. But for me, sex and the erotic life force is about communion. Okay, so there's that. And then because I'm an animist and a witch, I believe that all things, not just humans, but rocks and trees and other things, are sovereign beings, that they have their own kind of personhood. So this is more much uh, more aligned with indigenous cultures around the world or ancient pre-Christian practices where we actually believe uh, that a tree uh, can be communicated with, not 
like I'm not talking to the trees, right? So not through intellectual communication, but through emotional communication, through mm. compassion and empathy and developing uh, our senses in a way to see what, how does that feel? Very cool. Right? Very so sense. I'm not actually going into the woods to have intercourse with trees. I'm going into the woods to sit and be with them and to see what the trees might want or like or how I can live in a way that honors them as if they have a right to live that's as important as humans' rights to live. Huh. Interesting. If you have an relationship, does that make sense? If you, yeah, it yeah. does actually a lot. But how can you have a relationship with more than one tree and practice monogamy? Uh, I didn't say that I practice monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not> monogamy. <laughs> right. So here's the thing: the only thing I'm mono about is language. So I'm a monolinguist because I'm kind of lazy, and I haven't bothered to learn enough about Spanish or Italian or you know, and I, I should because. I'm a world citizen, yeah. uh, but I'm a polytheist and I'm a polyamorist. I'm married to a man. We just got married uh, in May, actually. Congratulations. On the 13th. Congratulations. But we both have other lovers. We have a very complex, uh, what we call a polycule, and we have a, a complicated and deep relationship with many beings, human and non-human. Say you just met four drunk idiots who asked you to come on their podcast. Um, right, right. You know, how would you kind of distill ecosexuality down to kind of, you know, the the terms that, you know, drunk guys like us can understand? Well, it might be a stretch and you might want to get high instead of drunk. Ooh, because ooh, okay. you might want to expand your consciousness and get a little fuzzy and be in a kind of consciousness that's not so beta-focused or goal-focused. Does that so make sense? you want us to surrender. Yes, I do. Uh, I see what you did and there. I also <laughs> might ask you to go back to a time before you were thoroughly uh, socially um, programmed. Like when you were a child, do you recall being a child and being out of nature and possibly having uh, experiences with non-human things as if they were your friends yeah I, actually growing it's kind of funny you know growing up uh one of my grandma's neighbors uh had a daughter who when i would go visit would take me to there was a little stand of pine like four or five pine trees she would take me to talk to the trees look at that right and darius and what was darius lost his virginity to a mechanical bull <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow i thought that was more like a mythric uh religious experience with mechanical bulls. That's funny. Uh, it's good. Uh, so I think if you, if you talk to most people, most people when they're children have early relationships with their pets, right? Like a dog or a cat, or I had a little lizard, a little chameleon that are emotionally very deep. And we end up having um, usually a lot of sadness or grief because usually the animals pass before we do. But usually our early companions our nature or animals or other kids who also have a vibrantly alive imagination. And we are at those times able to perceive that there are other worlds and there are other beings besides humans cohabiting this world with us. So all of the media on that, all this looks like, like LSD filled outdoor orgies. Do you feel like this subculture is being misrepresented? Oh, sure. But uh, that's to be expected. The, culture that we are in together, which I call the fading Uber culture, is fixated on money, social status, is highly controlled, uh, enforces uh, police states. Um, you know, I was talking with Sean a little bit about marriage because so much of 
Annie Sprinkle and Beth Stevens' work has been about ecosexual weddings. Yeah? Yep. And mm-hmm. right? And so the only kinds of relationships that are sanctioned by the state for hundreds of years were heteronormative, monogamous marriages between one man and one woman. And that form of relationship really developed as a way to keep track of income and resources and to reinforce a patriarchal state. I'm not interested in any of those things, so why would I create relationships about those things? And because um, the culture that we're living in only reinforces that that kind of lifestyle, right? That's not my lifestyle. So I, I don't expect the mainstream media to adequately represent my interests, my way of living, my kinds of relationships. I don't, I'm not really that interested in the mainstream culture at all, and I don't spend a lot of time in it. So you, you say you're not interested in the subculture, and it means nothing to you and things like that. Um, I'm not interested in the dominant culture. Yeah. I'm very interested in subcultures. Right, right, right. So why, what what led you down the path to be completely uninterested in the dominant because you have to admit that the majority is for the dominant culture yes that's why they call it the dominant culture so why what made you go astray and go your own path well there's a couple of um really serious answers to that one i i was in i was at a private women's school and was a little sister at a fraternity house and had a pretty seriously violent date rape when i was 18 years old and that woke me up I was like, oh, I'm not going to be protected by men. Oh, you know, so actually a series of pretty traumatic things is what woke me up. And also having the experience that even when for quite some time, I say until my early 30s, I quite seriously focused on achieving social status, trying to make money. Um, My internal distress about doing work that wasn't holistically adding things to the culture uh, being unhappy about the hours of work that I had to work or the things that I was doing. Because I, I became a psychiatric social worker, and I worked for adults who had mental illness, but a lot of my work was really controlling them, and it wasn't loving. So I was really dissatisfied with the opportunities that were offered to me, so I started to create my own way. Huh, I mean, that, that makes sense, but not everyone's brave enough to do that. Yeah, no, thank you, and thank you for sharing. Do you have, uh, do you still in touch with that gentleman? Do you have his address? We'd like to make sure where this is all taken care of. That's a very interesting response. You see that um, I appreciate the gallantry of that. Yes. And You're one of us now. I think that that was something that occurred in order for me to have the opportunity to wake up, hmm. and I'm... It was a kind of initiation. Good for you. Well, he, it brought you to us. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we certainly appreciate you opening up and talking to us about that. Um, so let's let's move on and let's talk about the surrender. Uh, what kind of activities go on up there? Well, we have um, the the first um, day. We have a talk where Lindsay Hageman and I uh, talk for just about forty minutes about different subjects. This year, the talk was about interdependence and sovereignty or autonomy, but how do you take a bunch of people that are coming from many different lifestyles with many different backgrounds and create a loving community together? That takes a balance of interdependence and sovereignty. So we talk about that, and then we have a huge 90-minute training on consent so that people all have the same understanding of what sexual sovereignty is and what consent is. Does that help? With ecosexuality, um, there are some that are attracted to the earth, and a lot of the negative media says that as far as consent is involved, 
there is no consent with nature. Um, you can't fondle a flower, and the flower thank you for it. It just doesn't work like that. So, how, what are your what are your, what are your thoughts on that whole ordeal? Well, I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, one, we're actually really clear about what consent <clears throat> is with humans, and then a lot of eco magic is about trying to recapture sensory skills that have atrophied because our imagination has atrophied. So as I said in the beginning, if you could go back to when you were a child and thought trees are your friends or you had uh, a, a relationship with your cat where you communicated with it, you might not have been exchanging words, but you were exchanging sensations, like feelings. Like there's a general sense of whether something is friendly or something is not. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we don't actually, um, we're not like advocates for people to have, again, intercourse, which is a very small hey. uh, subset of sexual. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know us. <laughs> Have you been talking to my fiance? <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time we do video, I'll tell you that yeah. one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, that was really funny. Um, <laughs> The, one of the, the um, uh, people whose work I greatly admire and whose poetry I quote frequently is a, a woman named Diane de Prima, who was a, a beat poet who's still alive in San Francisco. And she wrote a poem called Rant that has the refrain, the only war is the war against the imagination and all other wars are subsumed in it. So, so check this out, right? Wow. The reason when people say, oh, ecosex, is that about fucking trees? Is It's like, hey – is that the only thing you think about when we're talking about <laughs> sexual behavior, which is why I've had to like articulate all these things. Cause for me, um, I wouldn't have any kind of sexual exchange without a deeply resonant emotional exchange without love being present. I'm not interested in uh, sex without love, but they are two different things, right? They're two oh, different yeah. things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we're using the word sex because it needs to be explicit to gain attention and because it, it's, a, it's part of the sex-positive movement. It grew out of LGBTQ evolution and liberation movements and the sex-positive movement that's been alive and well, especially in the Pacific Northwest, for years. Right? I taught for 10 years at the Center for Sex-Positive Culture in Seattle. There's a lot of people who are using their imaginations, both sexually and otherwise, to have very expanded definitions of love and sex and polyamory and all those things. And this eco-sex movement is an extension of that, you know, based on the, the foundational work of Annie Sprinkle and Beth Stevens, who are using their performance art of eco-sexual weddings to gain attention and to get people to think. It's like a culture jam. There's this old anarchist thing called the society of the spectacle, like the understanding that if you want to help people think differently, you do something that's spectacular in public that causes them to go, what the heck is that? Or, you know, the first article yeah. I wrote was called, what the fuck, WTF is ecosex, right? Because that's what you guys are calling me about. What the fuck, right? Exactly what is it? What right? Yeah. 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 yeah, what the it's, fuck? It's really more complicated. I mean, we live in a really diverse, complex world. Would you say that's true? Oh, of course, yeah. oh yeah. Even more so every day. Right? right? So we're trying to create, with Surrender, we're creating a sustainable community of people that identify as ecosexuals in the Cascadia bioregion. And bioregions are a different way to divide things up than states. You divide up a yep. bioregion based on the watershed of the land that you're living on. 
right? And so what we're doing is saying, because our lives literally depend on land, having access to clean water, being able to grow our own food or knowing where that food comes from, um, being uh, biofuel, trying to have fuel self-sufficiency. That's one of the big projects at Windward. They have a biomass to fuel program where they're growing enough trees to convert the biomass into ethanol so that they can get away from paying utility companies for power. Can you imagine what our lives would be like? Oh, yeah. Oh, growing our own food. Fantastic. Look us up whenever that happens. <laughs> we didn't have utility bills. How many people would be allowed to move away from the oppressive jobs that they're doing to oh, support yeah. their families? Right. No. It's awesome. So we would rather have our own food and our own fuel and our own many partners and have sex in the woods most of the time than work nine to five and give our life's blood to things we don't believe in. Well, when you put it that I way, like, who wouldn't yeah. want to do that? Yeah, I like it. Where do I sign up? This is amazing. <laughs> Reverend Terry, we could talk to you all day, do you, but do you have any advice for anyone who's eco-curious, who wants to get into this but is afraid of uh, tipping the fence? I don't think that you have to live in the Pacific Northwest to have a relationship with nature. I do recommend that you look at, you know, there's a whole field called eco-psychology now. There's a Facebook page called Watershed Ecotherapy. There are people who are doing ecotherapy for people to help people deal with the feeling of loss around the grief of a place that you loved being destroyed. Or, you know, we're in actually a pretty serious time right now where the values that um, founded the ecology movement in the 70s are being attack and things like the clean water and stuff are are being those environmental protection acts are being retracted you know so there's kind yeah. of a little bit of an economic war so as much time as you can spend outside and just lay in the grass just to actually interact with nature right away and this is all you know documented now your respiration relaxes within 20 minutes of being outside your heartbeat slows down, your peripheral vision starts to be restored because we have tunnel vision from looking at screens so much. So I would just say to anybody, spend time in nature and really focus on how can you have more physical pleasure because physical pleasure is what creates new neural networks. Oxytocin and serotonin are going to cause you to evolve as a human being. Is that helpful? That was more than yeah, helpful. Really helpful. Terry, thank you so much. You were awesome. I could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, you know, we only have limited time. But, uh, hey, do you have five more minutes? Because at the end of every podcast, we play a little game called Factor Fuck. Do you in? I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Factor Fucked. Darius. During a pagan coming-of-age ceremony called the Chamber Ceremony, a new member of the coven would bury their semen in order to bring new life to the earth. Fact. Fact. Terry? I think that's fucked. That is but... fucked. Terry, you are the winner of that one. And just and, and like for everyone said, listening, if you could see the look on Terry's face right now, <laughs> it is priceless. Also, Darius I'm, is... Uh, I'm all for trying anything. And, and Darius is digging a hole as we speak. Darius is out there in the backyard burying the semen like, yeah, I got this shit. Pat, the term that may sometimes refer to a paraphilia in which a person is sexually attracted to or aroused by trees is dendrophilia. Fact or fucked? Uh, trees are 
Arbor. I'm going to go with fucked. Fucked. Terry? I think that's a fact. That is, a, is fact. a fact. Terry I is knew that shit. Two. She oh, is I killing knew that shit. How did you know that, Steve? Killing. I don't know. Yeah, how do you know that, Steve? Uh, actually, Hold on, I'm looking uh, at his search history can- right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in Can't Hardly Wait, actually. Steve. You're not helping yourself, hey. Steve. Though it never made past post-production, Bruce Willis, early in his career, starred in the movie Eco Man, the story of a young law professor turned environmentalist superhero. Uh, see, it really threw me off with the superhero thing there. I was... I'm going to say fucked. Fucked. (laughs) Terry? I I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see that movie. That'd kind of be funny. (laughs) When we make it big, we'll make that movie. I'll say that that's a a fucked, too. That is fucked again. Wow. Everyone's doing doing great but me. Three more than we'll we'll let you go. Terry's just terrible. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to lose this one. We expect him to lose. The scene from the 1981 classic... From the 1981 classic movie, The Evil Dead 2, where the character Cheryl is raped by possessed weeds is still banned in some countries. Fucked. Fucked. Look, there's a movie where a woman is raped by possessed weeds. That's what I said. It is true. The Evil Dead. Yeah. Evil Dead 2. I, two. I, don't, I don't watch much horror films because I have nightmares, but I'd say that that's probably true, unfortunately. That is a fact. <laughs> yeah, is you suck, Darius. She is 100%. Nick to Veratu. I was going to say facts two. just because you had two fucks in a row. Two more. Pat, the term tree hugger was coined in 1730 when hundreds of people died while trying to protect the trees in their village from being turned into raw material for a palace. What year was that again? Um, 1730. I'm going to say fuck because in 1730 we had way more trees than we have now. Okay. And <laughs> um, I don't think it's true because they wouldn't have used the term hugger in 1730. <laughs> so I think that's fucked. It's fucked. Yeah. That's oh my great. God. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's... Terry, you're great. Killing it. She... Are you, Terry, be honest. Are you using magic right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not to guess the answers, I'm using my intelligence, but that could be a kind of magic. Did you cast a spell on me right now? (laughs) It's delightful that you think so. Terry, last one, and you could be our very first guest that shot 100% in Fact or Fuck. Do you know that? Oh no, I'm so pressured. Yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, way to go. Put the pressure on. That's like saying, oh, he's you know, he's only ten minutes away from a shutout. He's pitching a no hitter in the ninth inning. <laughs> in Norway, young children nap in the outdoors in sub zero temperatures because parents claim it promotes better daytime sleeping and increases the duration of sleep. Fucked. Fucked to you, no, Terry. I think that's a fact. That is a fact. Terry is 100%. Holy shit. Terry, huge thank you to our guest tonight. Uh, yeah. Terry, uh, she's also contributed to the book uh, by Lindsay Hagman and Serena Gaia. It's aptly titled Ecosexuality. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, Terry was a big contributor there. Uh, Terry, where can we find more of you or any more information on ecosexuality? You can go to livingloverevolution.com. And you can go to, it's www.ecosexconvergence to see our video and the information about our yearly gathering. And I hope you gentlemen would think about coming out. It would be fun to see you. Oh, man, would that be It honestly sounds like a really good time. (laughs) I mean, it's five jam-packed days. 
Listen, you have just, I think you just sold four new ecosexuals onto your little <laughs> ecosex bus. That's amazing. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Weekend Superheroes, you can find us at uh, weekendsuperheroes.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spreaker, Stitcher, and pretty much every other media outlet. Darius. What's our Twitter handle? You can find us at facebook.com and Twitter, WKND, superheroes without the dot com. Darius, would you like to say goodbye? As always. Bye, ladies. Oh, he's always so smooth. Pat, say goodbye. <laughs> Good night, Moon. <laughs> Steve. I don't, got, I, can't, I don't know what I can follow up that way. <laughs> Terry, say goodbye to everyone who loves you. Goodbye. Thank you so much. And always remember to podcast responsibly.